Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women. Today, coming from Ireland, here is Fiona McDonough. 12 years ago, Fiona left six years of domestic abuse and then proceeded to train herself in the holistic healing modalities such as acupuncture, cranial sacral therapy, quantum thinking technologies, and so many more. She founded the Love Clinic that is spelled L-A-M-H and means hand in Irish because everyone sometimes needs a helping hand. Today's topic is a holistic approach to inner wounds. Welcome, Fiona. Thank you very much for being here today. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. So my first question is, can you please run us through the few big events of your life um, that shaped who you have become today? Like a super short version, it does not do justice to an entire life of experience and kind of things but it gives a, a perception that oh, okay yeah i know fiona she's the one who one two three four five something like that so that people know you or feel that they know you um uh, well um i'm fiona i live now in the west of ireland um and the funny thing is here in ireland i would be asked what part of britain am i from and in britain i would be asked what part of ireland i was born originally in london both my parents were from the west of Ireland and I moved back to Ireland or moved to Ireland when I was almost seven. So I've been to two primary schools or what you class as elementary schools and three secondary schools. My mother passed away at 14, which was quite a big experience. Um, I've traveled the world and I came to live in London, or sorry, I came from London to live in Ireland um, at about age 27. Um, I met uh, my children's father um, on an evening out um, and I should have I suppose looking back I should have had far more sense but that's one of those things um, and uh, I proceeded to fall pregnant uh, after a very short period of time. Um, so you wanted to become pregnant? There's probably a bit of me that did but it wasn't a conscious thing I think it was more of a subconscious thing that I now okay. realize. Okay. There was part of me was ready. So I suppose growing up the way that I had, I was the eldest of um, two that were at home after my mother passed away. So I was quite responsible. So when I took on a job, I saw it through to the end. So, yeah, I ended up having three kids with this gentleman. Um, uh, it was never easy. But I maybe streak of stubbornness or a belief in that, you know, the best way to bring up kids is to have two parents um, stuck with it until, yeah, I just had had enough. And from now, from having conversations with others that would have knew, known me beforehand and then knew me then, they would have said there was, my spark had gone. Um, I was a, a shadowy version of myself. My, mm. my, my lust for life was kind of flattened. Now I had three young kids as well and tiredness can do that to you as well. But there was... Yeah, the lack of support and the lack of the feeling that somebody actually ironically that somebody's got your back, that's yes. got the helping hand behind you. Yeah, yes. uh, that was a massive thing. Um, and it seemed to be a constant struggle and yeah, more emotional abuse than physical. Um, but when I reflect back on it, yeah, it took a lot of chinks out of out of my armour. 
I totally understand that. And I'm sorry you went through that because it's like, I mean, it destroys you. It eats you alive from the inside and you don't really see it until it's almost too late or you feel it's too late because it's like they have eaten yeah. too much. And in my own practice, I, I mean, not necessarily, I don't necessarily treat people that have had um, emotional domestic abuse, but um, through different symptoms that people have if you know a broken leg is something you can see yes um not that i'm wishing that on anybody but if you're bruised on the inside whether that be depression or that be a miscarriage or that be emotional domestic abuse you can't see it so it's a very hard thing for people to understand sometimes unless you're going to put a label on yourself and you know carry it around which who wants to do that really you know um and i would treat lots of different different people with lots of different symptoms in my clinic now mm -hmm. so what has been the shift because there is a time when you live in domestic abuse I mean you take on you take on you take on you get on you put up with it you put up with it you forgive and you just let go and you just release and you continue and you continue it feels like forever and then there is a time that forever has a end and the end is now what happened when you said, stop, there is no well, more? It's, it's, not a, it's not a very happy reflection on myself to say, we actually had gone on holidays to France and that was miserable. I really wanted to go home after less than a week. Um, but again, I stuck it out. Well, the end part of it was quite happy because we met up with a very old friend of my mother's who had um, emigrated to France for retirement um so it got to a point where I just had enough and there was this bottle of French brandy we had brought back from this holiday now their father is a dry alcoholic oh uh, <laughs> yes yeah, so just to complicate this matter so he didn't he he had a few at one point and then he completely went off it again he was a member of AA and anytime we ever left home he always had to go to a meeting so again his needs were always met and I would be left with anyway that's not neither here nor there in the scheme of things just to a certain degree um so this bottle of French brandy I'll never forget had a wax seal on it I think it had been there was a little bit gone out of it but I actually sat and drank most of that on my own mm. um, and sat there at the end of it not actually drunk well, not in my mind anyway, and thinking to myself, okay, so my three kids are either going to end up with, I'm not sure what labeling system I could put on them, but a dry alcoholic and emotionally redundant um, individual, or they're going to end up with their mother who's going to be a raving alcoholic, probably on masses of medication or end up in a psychiatric unit. So, you know, one of us has to be there for them because in my humble opinion, children has to be brought into this world necessarily. So even though there's other people would say, oh no, they look around the ether and they picked you. Oh, and they must've been looking, there must've been great pickings on the day they picked me. But anyway, right. so yeah, I remember sitting in that moment going, okay, Fiona, you've either just got to pull yourself together, get your arse in gear and make a change because this is not a way to live. And it was with a bottle of French brandy. Yes. Which isn't a, it isn't a, a great thing that I'm very proud of, but it was the catalyst. It was the day that I, I can very clearly remember. Yes. All right. So the, re, so the thoughts of the future of your children 
mm. has been the wake-up call. Yeah, they weren't going to have great pickings if I didn't pull myself together. They weren't going to have... I mean, I did, couldn't see him being a, a par parenting them alone if I really fell off the edge, and that's where I was headed. So, mm -hmm. so you said, okay, no falling off the edge. I have to do it because he will never be able to do it. Yeah, um, now he is involved in their life even now, but not very much. Um, mm -hmm. They, they, he, he, he is the best version of himself he can be for them, uh, which, which is, is good already. Uh, it's good, yeah, but it's been twelve years. It's oof, that's taken some work too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, I, I've worked on myself an awful lot to let go of an awful lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you do understand what inner wounds mean. You do understand what feeling alone and isolated means. You mm -hmm. do understand what feeling lost and at the brink of falling off a cliff means. You have experienced that firsthand. Yeah, and just being utterly bloody miserable. Totally. So this is why then when you decided to pull yourself together, you went to learn all kinds of holistic methods to help the soul, the mind, the inner wounds, all these other things that you cannot see, but that are very real, so that you can help others through their own dark night of the soul. Yeah, I, I, I suppose I had just maybe six months before begun my retraining. So it became like my kite string, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. It was the thing that it was just for me. And um, it gave me something to think about outside of my own life. And I, I could see, you know, you can see where the end goal is. The training will last X amount of years and you will be this at the end. So that was the beginning. Yeah, It kind of gave me a window to mm -hmm. squeeze my body out of, as it were. Or mind, wow. perhaps. And during that time, did you work? I mean, you had to have a living of some sort. Do you work no, during the time you were studying? Uh, no, I wasn't. Um, I'm always very grateful. I had an uncle who was, um, he was a bachelor and he had passed away when my twins were very small uh, and I inherited some money from him. And that's actually, I often think of my, you know, that without his stipend, I wouldn't have been able to afford to pay for. Because mm -hmm. in, in our country, that's it would all be privately paid for. It's not mm -hmm. like regular college. Um, so, yeah, I thankfully, my uncle was kind enough to um, leave me some money in his will. And from that, I paid for my training. God, I'm so happy for you. All oh. right. And what are those approach because I was looking on your website which is l-a-m-h clinic.ie like Ireland and in the service there is acupuncture, craniosacral therapy, sound therapy, sound bath meditation, yoga, moon, now woman circles, okay, yeah. <laughs> raindrop technique massage, corporate workshops, quantum thinking technology, and life coach personal career. What can you share with us today about these modalities? What, what is it useful for? How does it, does it help? What did help you? I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, I suppose, look, acupuncture would have been the first one that I, I gained a license in. And gosh, there isn't really much that acupuncture can't help, to be honest. There isn't really many symptoms or complaints that I haven't um, dealt with and treated. Now, some have great, wonderful effects. Some take longer. It all depends on the person, depends on how long they've had it. Um, so acupuncture, huge range. Craniosacral, similar, but it's a very different modality. So acupuncture would be using a needle on meridians. They're very, very fine needles. Um, I've treated from, I don't know, maybe a four-year-old is the youngest client I've ever had to a 92-year-old um, with acupuncture. Uh, and yeah, they, it's a very restful and relaxing. I think often people see the still of an ac acupuncture session and uh, the photograph of it and think you must be like pinned to the bed. No, you're not pinned. To not the bed. at all. I remember <laughs> when I had a, an acupuncture session, it does not even hurt. It no, you should hurt. You should feel the needles, but that's not about pain. It's about sensation um, yes. and sensation of like maybe electrical little wires or yeah, there's loads of different sensations within that. Um, and then craniosacral therapy is very, very gentle hands on. And I have treated the youngest I've treated with that is one week old. Okay. Um, and I would say I, I met him when he was living in his mommy because I had treated his mother, which is lovely. Uh, in the likes of Finland, actually, they don't let babies leave a hospital without having a craniosacral session, which is awesome. Awesome. Um, and again, it can treat many, many different issues for people. Um, but it's a far more gentle uh, approach. Uh, it's wonderful. I've treated people from with knee pain, back pain. Um, jaw pain whether that be caused from a dental session or it's actually a jaw related issue uh, to headaches digestive issues awesome it's so lovely and the reason I got into that was because of sessions I had received with a friend of mine who was training when I was training in acupuncture and we used to do swaps so it yeah it just lit my fire I was just like wow this would be awesome to work with people and give them this gift oh, wow. and then yeah I've um I've practiced yoga since my twins were about three and I am naturally a person who probably walks, talks, moves a bit fast. So I found this really helped me to slow down. To me, yoga is moving meditation and I genuinely believe that everybody out there can do it. You don't need to be uber flexible. We have an idea that it has to look like, you know, somebody turning themselves into spaghetti that they can wrap themselves around themselves. But no, I've treated loads of different people who've had knee surgery people who've had fibromyalgia or worked with them sorry I should say and helped them you know hugely to gain confidence in their ability in a very subtle way like doing it in such a way that people finish a class and I go ah, do you know you stood on one leg together today and they're like what oh my god I did that was amazing um so yeah they've all it's, some of it has been personal experience that has brought me to why I do what I do and then sound therapy for the first I experienced for the first time 10 years ago and came out of my first sound bath going oh my god how did that woman do that to me she was standing 20 feet away from me so yeah and now I have a whole family of sound babies myself as I call them Mm. and then I suppose with a lot of what pre like acupuncture craniosacral is working on the body yeah you are dealing a little bit with how sometimes you know emotions and spiritually and mindset a little bit and I I began to find that my sessions were a little bit more arrest could be sometimes a little bit more around coaching than necessarily just acupuncture or just the way I was trained with that and I became very curious about 
the mind aspect. So then I trained with this lady, um, quantum thinking technologies and life coach. So more about working on that aspect of somebody's person because it so influences us. So it has such a, a massive impact on how we live our lives. Um, and then, yeah, obviously combining all of those together in a session is just bliss. It is. Mm. It is. It sounds totally, absolutely amazing. Do you also do um, a virtual sessions of some sort? Do I do which? Virtual sessions, like video oh, conversations. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have done. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, not everybody can go in Ireland like... Okay. Uh, no, it's, it would make it kind of an expensive thing to come maybe from California or wherever. Um, yeah, and I love, personally speaking, I like to come, now I couldn't do acupuncture over Zoom, but um, I like to combine what I do. So, you know, you can do a, a, a mindset with movement, with, and personally speaking, I love art and I'm a massive fan of art journaling. I find the blank page for writing quite overwhelming. So I find by writing and combining it with pictures and art that maybe I've produced, but I, I think that combination for me really resonates with me. And it's amazing. It's not about producing a work of art. It's about helping you to get things out of your system. And it's amazing to look back on and go, wow. Um, totally. Yeah. And yeah. I think it releases our inner child a little, you know, sticking pieces of paper and glue in and, you know, creating something seemingly for nothing with no agenda that it has to be a frameable piece, but that mm -hmm. it's something that comes from the heart. Mm -hmm. I did that a lot for many, many years. And uh, I, I, I quickly agreed to say, you know what, it's just abstract art. But actually, I never knew before I would start what I would come up with never mm. and a few times when i knew what i was going to to, to do i started started then did a, did a, a part and then change direction because then that inspired me something else let's do something else oh and then let's do something else and then it just becomes something like totally creative mm. and um oh yeah very interesting yeah, I suppose what I really like, I've, I've dabbled in lots of different styles of art and crafting. Um, what I really like about art journaling is it meets journaling, which is such a huge, amazing um, practice to have. But for some people they go, I don't write, I don't know what to write, you know, so you could just write down one word. And maybe then, you know, there's, I know myself personally that you might go, mm, there might be somebody might find my book and read it, do you know? So you may not really write down wholly what you want to write down because you're mindful of that. So if you art over it, it's still there. You've still got it out and you can create a picture over it. So for you, then it's, it's a reminder of what you've written, but nobody need, anybody else could look at that and have a totally different impression. So yeah, totally I find true. art journaling phenomenal because you can use, you don't have to be good at art. You can use, I've had some wrapping paper and some stencils and stamps and there are things I've had and you know collected over the years. I would be massively into creative aspects, but I don't always give myself the time, but this has been something that I'm like, oh, I'm nearly addicted now. <laughs> but that's a good addiction. Oh, I was just about to say, it's not a bad one at all. <laughs> <laughs> That is really and, I, and I feel I feel happy about what I create and that's really I mean wow that's that's really a good thing did you create the, um, the butterfly that is behind you in the frame 
No, this was done for me by a friend of mine. She loves painting butterflies. This is my treatment room I'm in at the minute. So yeah, I would like to think my when people come into my treatment room, they're transformed like a butterfly. Mm -hmm. So this is done in the chakra colors. This is what I was noticing. Yeah, like yeah. you really start with red and go up to yeah. indigo. That's really amazing. So the whole of my treatment space has artwork in it but by people that I know. So for me, their energy is also in the room. It reminds me of them. They're a great conversation piece. You find out a lot about people when you talk about art with them. Mm -hmm. So, it's, so that uh, is another part actually of the holistic approach to inner wound. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's fascinating what people will say about the pictures or what resonates with them, you know, and I'd be like, ah, that's an interesting indication of what can be going on for somebody or how they perceive the world and all of that. Yeah, fascinating. Mm -hmm. What would be one advice you would give to someone who is listening to a conversation and who is saying to herself, yeah, but I cannot leave. I cannot stop that madness. I need a miracle. I need something exterior because I cannot do it myself. What kind of advice would you give her so that she would find the strengths or see things differently? Um, I guess, you know, when, when one goes looking, one can always find someone or some place that can support you. I'm not suggesting for a moment that anybody makes a radical change because sometimes that isn't sustainable either. Um, but there will be somebody that you can find and access somewhere locally or at the end of a phone call that you could talk to, whether it's a professional or it's not. Um, it's really important that you find a somebody that you can talk to. Mm -hmm. And that could be the beginning. Because if I was to say to you, oh, just pack your bags and go, You'll be like full of the where do I go? What do I do? That's too much. And, you know, this will happen and that will happen. So it's baby steps. You don't you don't go on any journey. You know, go to go to the shop from your house by just saying, I'm going to go to the shop and you're there. You have to take a step. So each step you take is a step in the right direction. So just take the smallest one and the easiest one for you. That might even just be looking up, where can I, who can I talk to, you know, and there's bound to be somebody at the end of a phone line that you can talk to. Um, okay. Because if we overwhelm ourselves with too many things to do, we get stuck and we won't do anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm even thinking about something because I know that sometimes the abuser is controlling to a point that is unbearable. Um, and even making a phone call, the abuser is going to find out the phone call and say, who did you call? What was that about? How, how, how is it, et cetera. And, and, and it's like, and you, and you continue to feel really, really like squished and impossible to just breathe. And I'm thinking that maybe one of the solution is to write a letter and to send it to someone and on the letter say, you cannot answer back to me. I will reach out as, mm -hmm. as soon as I can, but maybe leave some other testimonials, other traces to be able to allow someone to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. That could be maybe a good idea. Well, really thinking about those who are really completely stuck and cannot move one 
blink of an eye without having to justify everything. I suppose it's, yeah, opening your mind that as well that there will be people out there who help you. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the thing, you feel alone. Yeah, you do feel alone. And I made, it's like, I don't know if, it's, if, it, if it makes sense, it's like, I made this bed, so I must lie on it. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I'm, I put myself into situation, um, but I got to a point where I had to say, uh, something has to give here. And I choose it not to be me. Mm -hmm. I remember one thing I did, and I did not even realize how um, helping it was. I was studying accountability, like, uh, meaning bookkeeping. Yeah, I think we say bookkeeping in English. Mm. Uh, and it was a um, it was a mail course. So I had to mail in my answers, and I would receive by mail back the next lesson. I would learn the lesson, fill out the exercise, send it to my teacher. My teacher would review it, send it back to me. So there was this usual with my teacher of bookkeeping um, a conversation going on, mm. a written conversation by hand. And it, is, it did not look weird at all to have those letters coming in and out because it was my, my course to become a, an accountant. And um, I know that at some point I started to write, okay, I just wanted to tell you, you know, it's hard at home, it's not easy. I don't understand where we are at and, and, and why he behaves that way. And there are things and I mean, whatever. And shortly after, when I received back, there was another, there was also a little, uh, handwritten letter from the teacher telling me, oh, um, nobody opened up that way. I'm, I'm so sorry you go through that. Um, maybe change perspective or, or look at it the different ways, or maybe there is a way out or something. And actually a, a, a different relationship started to stem out of that. Very surprising and, uh, and beautiful at the same time. And, and it really helped to, to start to see something else and to have some glimpse of hope that maybe maybe there is something better out there yeah well it's about contacting somebody it doesn't matter who it could be a phone call but it could be a chance encounter at the supermarket mm -hmm. i know it's not always an easy thing but it's finding the i suppose the chink that you can see the light come through yes totally Hope you but when your mind is open to the, this possibility and it's when your mind is closed that you can't see any light. Mm -hmm. It's true. So maybe it's easy advice, open your mind to the possibilities that there could be something so much better out there. Maybe someone able to understand you, to listen to you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I have people who come to see me and, you know, as I say, it's not that may not have been the case thus far with the reason why they've come, but I treat many people for various reasons and there's a story unfolds, you know, mm -hmm. um, and you might think, well, if somebody is in, in a situation, they're not going to be allowed to go to see a therapist. There's bound to be a situation. You just have to take the opportunity and kind of go, OK, so I'm like a, I'm like a ninja out there now and I have to my opportunity is there. I, I really just have to be aware of it. But I understand that when you're feeling downtrodden, 
suffocated, closed in. It's really, it's really hard. It's really hard to see a chink of light. Mm -hmm. But it is there. And like I say, for my clinic, you know, sometimes everybody needs a hand and, you know, I guarantee that there's somebody there who can give you a hand. Mm -hmm. A good hand, a helping hand, something that yeah, absolutely. feels good. Yeah, and it can come in many shapes and sizes, mm -hmm. colours and creeds. <laughs> Thank you, Fiona, for sharing your wisdom with us, for sharing these lines of hope, of possibilities, opening up the mind. So many, many different modalities that we would not even think of if we would have not studied the topic. Yeah, thank you very much. Really appreciate you. So if people want to connect with you, besides having everything in the description of the episode, L-A-M-H-C-L-I-N-I-C dot ie so lamb clinic if we see it in english and it sounds like love clinic when we say it in uh, irish <laughs> yes or i can be found on facebook or instagram under the same okay always lamb clinic love clinic that's me that's who i am that's gorgeous me and it's it and it's it and it's me <laughs> that's beautiful thank you so so much really appreciate you a lot and uh, really look forward to talking with you again. Thank well, you, thank Fiona. You. It's been a blast. Send me over some of your sunshine. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> we have plenty here.